Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, November 18th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we are joined by our good friend of the show, Kyle Bond, once again, uh, breaking down the Saturday card, a big slate on tap. We've already got the game in Stockholm underway, uh, Wild and Senators, second period about to begin, and uh, still waiting for the first goal uh, for that game between Minnesota and Ottawa. Uh, Kyle, you were with us on one of our BetCasts for a bit. A couple weeks ago, I remember you jumped in and joined us for a bit. It's a fun group. Uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of them. This season, how I know you left, you had to leave quickly uh, that night. But uh, how was your first BetCast experience a couple weeks ago? It was good. Um, I actually really enjoyed the NHL putting together. It was the night the, um, I forget what they called it, but they oh, had the all, frenzy. All, yeah, the frozen frenzy. Frozen yeah. frenzy, all 32 teams playing, um, kind of like a red zone type sort of vibe. Yep. So, yeah. It was, I, Candidly, I wish they would do that every Saturday because I feel like it keeps you a little bit more engaged. Um, but yeah, great, great time. I appreciate you having me out. Yeah, and you see basically the inner workings of our uh, of our group. I mean, we're just a bunch of crazy hockey fans and betters, and we're throwing bets left and right. And it's everything. Everything's on the table. Live total bets, live money line bets, draw bets, next goal uh, props, which Alex is a mastermind of those. Uh, Alex has just got that ability for timing it, you know, the momentum of the game, how it can switch. One thing I've learned about Alex with the next goal props is a team gets a big time penalty kill, especially when things are kind of not going their way. The game's kind of going against them and they get a big kill and all of a sudden they get momentum from it. And that's usually a good time to jump in, bet that team. It just killed a big time penalty to score next. It's definitely a momentum thing. And I know that's something Alex uh, has done over the years. And I kind of learned from that. So yeah, Alex has been great with the next goal props. Good timing, good sense of that. Uh, my voice is a little gravelly uh, here on this Saturday, as you can tell. Uh, I was at the Grey Cup Festival uh, events taking place in downtown Hamilton last night. I figured, you know what, it's Grey Cup Festival week here. The game is on Sunday. Got to get out one night uh, and attend some of this stuff. And it was a lot of fun. There are a lot of uh, current and former CFL players uh, at some of these events. So it was a lot of fun being able to chat. Uh, shoot the shit about football and other things, uh, drink a lot, uh, obviously, goes without saying, eat a lot, goes without saying, and sing a lot. That's why my voice is like this. And shout out to a great local Hamilton band that uh, Born in the 80s headlined uh, one of the uh, concerts that we saw last night uh, in Hamilton. And you know what's funny is you might be wondering, everyone out there, uh, after the events of uh, last week where uh, we ended up seeing the uh, uh, goodbye to uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, as head coach of the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Of course, we know he got fired uh, a, a week ago. He's found a new gig, folks. He was there last night, born in the 80s. He's part of the band now. Take a look. There he is right there. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, man. Look at that. He, I mean, he did a hell of a job on that piano uh, last night. I mean, absolutely. He was absolutely terrific. So there he is, uh, Jay Woodcroft, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, found a new job pretty quick uh, here uh, last night. Now in the music business. <laughs> Trying to make the most of it, so uh, good sh stuff there. Yeah, that man, that that guy's resemblance to Jay Woodcroft couldn't believe it. Like, uh, and 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 if you take his facial hair off, he he really looked like him. Uh, but no doubt, uh, that is uh, funny stuff. But that's I'm like, holy shit, that looks like Jay Woodcroft there. 
Uh, and sure enough, and it's perfect timing to say that, uh, post that because of the uh, fact that he just recently got fired. Kyle, what do you think of that? Now that we're on that uh, tangent uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, um, I don't think he deserved to get fired. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, there's a lot more issues with the Edmonton Oilers than Jay Woodcroft. That being said, here we go again with the new coach bump. Chris Knobloch takes over and they've won two games now, two and oh. Uh, since he took over. But to me, there were more issues with Edmonton than Woodcroft. Uh, yeah, no, but, <laughs> to say the least, it's you have all that firepower and you can't find a way to figure out a win regardless of your coach. Like, it's not like we're playing minor bantam hockey here and I feel like a coach can really drive a lot of influence. Uh, yeah, that definitely exists at the NHL. To, but to go that many games in a row, there's clearly a lot – of other bigger issues um, at hand. And I don't know, I've been, I've been saying it for years. Edmonton's back end is just atrocious. And at the end of the day, if you don't win, um, if, you, if you're not so sound defensively, you're just, you're going to be in trouble. Right. So I, I think that's probably one of their bigger issues. I think getting rid of him was probably their easiest, least destructive way um, to shake things up without, blowing the team up, if you will. Um, it's kind of like doing a goalie pull or switching goalies mid game, even though the goalie's just been left out, out to dry, it's sort of try to rattle the team a little bit. And I think that was probably where it was coming from, but um, it sounded like the guys had a lot of respect for him. And so it's just a tough situation. Situation. Uh, like I say, there's, the defensive issues have had all kinds of problems for Edmonton. The goaltending, of course, Skin, Skinner and uh, Cam, uh, Campbell's not even up with the team anymore. Right. And, if, and poor Jack Campbell, man, he's he's getting whacked down there in the AHL right now. <laughs> he is really having a tough time uh, down there. I mean, he's given up four goals a game uh, on and 18 shots in some of these games. It's all he's facing. He's given up four goals. It's, it's actually hard to watch because he's actually one of the nicest teammates. Anyone, No one said a bad word about Jack as far as he's a great teammate, great guy. And for that reason, it sucks seeing him, you know, having a, this much confidence uh, problems right now with his game. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, let's get into last night uh, first a little bit, because there was, it was a short card yesterday. There was only the uh, Sweden game uh, with Toronto. And we'll start there with Toronto and um, Detroit um, for two periods. Look, the Red Wings uh, were fast asleep. Uh, in, or the Leafs, I should say, were fast asleep in that game down uh, 2 nothing. It looked like there were uh, issues uh, yesterday with the Leafs getting going. I know they said all week long. It's almost like they were setting the stage, getting the excuse machine up and running. All week long, guys, they were talking about, oh, we're taking, it's taken us a while to get the uh, body clock adjusted and adjusted to the time change in Sweden. And, yeah, that's understandable, but it's almost like they knew ahead of time. We're going to have a tough time in that first period. Uh, at the first game against Detroit, and they did. They really didn't get going until the third period. When they got that two-to-one goal, courtesy of Tyler Bertuzzi, it's really what uh, turned the tide in favor of Toronto. Uh, William Nylander, we said it on the show yesterday, it had to happen. He had to score there in Sweden. What's he going to do? He's going to let his dad down, Michael Nylander, his grandparents in the building, apparently the first time they've seen him live inside the arena uh, for a game. I mean, he had like 90 to 100 tickets bought for the two games combined this game and the Sunday game tomorrow for the Leafs against Minnesota over there in Sweden. So you knew he had to find a way to score. He did. Uh, and he had a great game, three points uh, all in the third period for William Nylander. He had the goal. He had the two helpers uh, as well. And he literally and figuratively helped 
the Toronto Maple Leafs back from a 2-0 uh, deficit to win that game by a score of 3-2. Lots of great stuff. Matt Sundin reading off the lineup uh, in the dressing room to the Leafs before the uh, game. That was a cool uh, touch. Uh, Anders Salming, the son of Boria Salming, uh, dropping the uh, ceremonial puck, the ceremonial faceoff was really cool uh, as well. So job well done. A lot of Leaf fans, there's a lot of Detroit fans too, but there were Go Leafs Go chants multiple times inside Stockholm. And look, they've got a lot of Swedes. They've got maybe the biggest Swedish star uh, in uh, William Nylander right now, although Elias Pettersson uh, might have something to say about that uh, in Vancouver right now. But yeah, absolutely. It was a great crowd. You know, a lot of Leaf support. I just get the feeling that if you had to pull Swedish hockey fans, what's their favorite NHL team? Toronto Maple Leafs would be right up there for sure. And I'm sure it goes back to when Matt Sundin played yep. there as a captain for over a decade. You know, you grew up, you watched one of the absolute best Swedish hockey players at the time, captain a historic, a storied franchise like the Toronto Maple Leafs. So not a shock that there's a lot of uh, Swedish hockey fans as far as who their favorite NHL team, they gravitate toward uh, the Leafs. Uh, disappointing from the Buffalo Sabres that they needed Don Granado to fucking ream them out after the second period to start playing because they didn't play well at all. I thought in the first two periods uh, of that game, they got going in the third made it three, two, but that's as close as they would get as the uh, Winnipeg jets uh, hang on for the three, two victory against the Sabres. It was a very good prop game though. For me, we had JJ Paterka, Turka, Turka uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. He ended up scoring for them last night. We, uh, Alex Tuck uh, was Alex Tuck goal. Was Alex Tuck school? Uh, Alex B uh, Smith. No, Not yeah. <laughs> is it a power play goal or no? It unfortunately was not. That was an unassisted uh, five-on-five goal. Yeah. It was five-on-five. Okay, so Tuck scored, but it wasn't the power play point. But Cole Perfetti, another bargain bin special of the night, cashes in. Plus 300 on Cole Perfetti to score a goal for the Winnipeg Jets uh, last night. That's now five straight games with a goal for him. Um, if they're going to keep pricing him at plus 300, we'll be right back betting Cole Perfetti once again next time the Winnipeg Jets uh, are playing. So, uh, great to cash that. Jets with the 3-2 win. And then the controversy of the night, uh, by far, between the Florida Panthers and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Florida with a great start, 2-0. And really surprising to see the defensemen back uh, as well last night for the uh, Florida Panthers, uh, which is great news for them. We talked about how much uh, this team was going to miss the uh, services uh, of Aaron Ekblad uh, and Brandon Montour. And all of a sudden, here they are both back and playing their first game of the season uh, at the same time last night against Anaheim. That being said, Anaheim battled back. Typical Ducks. They never quit. They did. They really don't quit. That is a great trait that they have uh, developed here under Greg Cronin. They really don't quit in the game. But this is one of the most disgraceful, embarrassing misses and bad calls. And just how, do, how when you have video replay, do you get this wrong? It was 2-1 Florida. There was obviously, it looked like Jakob Silverberg uh, in the latter stages of the third clearly gets that puck past Anthony Stolarz and in the net uh, and somehow, and you could see, in my opinion, every angle that was shown, I saw white ice between the puck and the red goal line. And that is supposed to indicate goal as soon as you see that. And there is multiple angles that uh, and i'm gonna actually uh if i and you know what's funny is that uh you look at the um re multiple replays here i'm gonna see if i can uh, get it up on the uh, screen here uh but you see the multiple replays of this 
And uh, I was just, and I was at, at the uh, festival, so I didn't see this live. I was not watching the game live at all. I didn't see any of the game, quite honestly. Uh, but I ended up seeing the um, uh, replays here uh, that we saw. And uh, as you can see here, uh, and let's see if I can uh, make it a little bigger here. Uh, there we go. Uh, you're going to see, um, this is Clear the angle day. right here. Clear Watch day. this angle. Look at that. There's white there. There was white ice between the puck and the red goal line. And somehow we call that no goal. Like, what do we have? A bunch of fucking Stevie wonders in the video replay room. They can't see shit. Like how on earth do you say that that is no goal? I mean, it's an absolutely horrendous miss. And there's actually another angle. I'm trying to find it here. Here, That one right there. There it is. Look at that. There's definitely white between the goal line uh, and his pad. Look at that. And somehow called no goal. Absolute, absolute robbery for the Anaheim Ducks. What did the Anaheim Ducks do to piss the, officiate, the officiating off this year? Because they got screwed against Pittsburgh. Now, they came back yep. and won that game uh, in Pittsburgh. But uh, they got hosed a couple of times uh, in that hockey game, especially with a goal that was called back for uh, phantom goalie interference uh, in that game. So that's a really, really bad uh, miss by the NHL last night. Horrendous, uh, bad as it gets. And uh, I can understand why Alex is even uh, angrier about this uh, because this was th- that's your 2-2 tie right there, which it should have been. And guess who was on the draw, Kyle, last night in that Florida-Anaheim game? Oh, at a very nice, what was it? Plus 360? Three, plus 390. Uh, plus, plus 390 price, yeah. the draw, which probably would have cashed if that goal counts, if they say that's a goal, and it goes to 2-2. And uh, sure enough, that ends up being a – a bad beat a candidate right there. So uh, absolutely brutal stuff. Uh, and I, I, it's hard to wrap my head around the fact that with video replay, which is supposed to ensure that you get it right, they still didn't get it right there. Hard to fathom that, Alex. Yeah, I mean, five minutes. It took them five real-time minutes to figure this out and still get it wrong. Yeah. And the fact that Anthony Solars is wearing red pads where you can clearly see from multiple angles, even if you don't have a line, even if you don't have a teleprompter, you can see the space of red line, white ice, black puck, and red pads as clear as day. And the fact that they have all these angles and spent five whole minutes and still get it wrong, it is just inexcusable at this point. Like, you know, how does Toronto not even, you know, come in and pipe in? So that's the other thing. You're not only talking about the referees here. You're talking about the, the video crew here. But Toronto didn't even go back and look at this and, and see this. This should have taken longer than, than five minutes once they got the call wrong the first time by saying it was a good goal. How does Anaheim not, not come back and, and – uh, yeah, Anaheim not come back and try to challenge that still? It, 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 it's insane. And, and like I said, can, you know, the whole pace of the game completely changed. And had that been a goal, it would have come to a complete standstill. We definitely would have gone into overtime because nothing else really much happened. Florida was playing keep away for most of that, uh, the what three or four shifts before that, because of the fact they were just trying to kill time, you know, and, and, and run out the clock. So it, it's just it's just absolutely brutal, and you can't have this in this league. You have these things have to be corrected. You can't have long reviews and then still get the call wrong. It, it's just it's inexcusable. Yeah, yeah, bad miss. Absolutely a horrendous uh, miss. Uh, Kyle, anything from the games yesterday that uh, you want to talk about? I, I know you're a Leaf fan. Uh, obviously, uh, you were happy to see them come back, beat Detroit. What did you think of anything you saw yesterday? Yeah, no, it was uh, <clears throat> good to see the Leafs get a win over there. Not 
totally surprised. Um, like we, you guys were both saying with the big Swedish contingency that they've had throughout the years. Um, so I, I'm expecting another win tomorrow. Um, beyond that, not going to lie, did see the highlight of the poor call there. Um, pretty insane. I, I like, I, I don't know. You guys <laughs> I feel like we're beating a dead horse here at this point, but it's in the world of video review, like the whole reason we've implemented that and all of sports are becoming that to get the calls right. Um, and so it's, yeah, a little bit baffling. Um, but I'm excited for the slate today. Yeah. You know, what's the worst part too, is the time that these reviews are taking five minutes is absurd. Come on, there's got to be a way to just streamline this and make it quicker. I mean, my goodness, you talk about killing the flow of the game and just uh, five-minute reviews are too much. It bothers me in the NFL when I'm waiting yep. there with oh, my thumbs for five minutes while they're reviewing the pa- uh, some kind of a touchdown call, you know, whether he's in bounds or whatever the case may be. It bothers me in the NBA when they do that. that their review is worse than anything at theirs. I mean, it takes forever, forever for the NBA to do their review uh, of uh, plays that are challenged and or uh, it's everywhere. It's in it's in Major League Baseball. Yep. You got you got reviews that take forever in baseball now too. It's it's in everything. And the fact that we have all of these angles, all of these cameras, and instant replay. It's not like this is some brand new thing. How does it take this long for people to to see something that we're slowing down? We're if we're all we're already making these snap judgments in real time, right? All the referees and umpires and and fans and everybody who's seen this. So now we're slowing it down and we're still not getting it right in any of these sports. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, we've, we've got replay in all these sports to get it right. And it bothers me when it takes that long. And then now we've got the situations unfolding where they're, they're taking this damn long, feels like a lifetime, and they're not getting it right. Still not getting it right. So it's, it's crazy and it's unfortunate what happened to the Anaheim Ducks. Greg Cronin is a saint, by the way. The way he, uh, you know, talked about that after the game yeah he said i really don't know what to say you know we just uh, everyone he was very calm about it i wouldn't have been so calm uh i would have cu- probably gone ape shit i probably would have gone nuts uh, and you bit. know what it had had florida scored an empty net goal and they had done that like say say as soon as ducks pulled that the goal it was about maybe 215 left had they scored right away i bet you we see greg get thrown out of that game the same way he did within that Pittsburgh game. He would he would have let the rest happen. Only because they still had a shot the entire time. That's the only reason yeah. we didn't see him lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he wanted to get uh, thrown out again either. I think he realized, hey, uh, I know what happened the last and, and time. And no use, no use getting fined. Yeah. No use getting yeah. fined in, in the press conference afterward for saying something when you could have said it right. To the, you know, so yeah. right. There's not much you can do. And I feel like the league's already been cracking down this year with the – Coach's getting all over the refs. Um, so I'm, I'm sure he's got all of that back in his mind, not wanting to it, – it's just – it's like – it's so crazy that everyone can see it. It's like what else that, can you really say? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't want to see the NHL become like the NBA and the fact that you give a death stare to a referee in the NBA, he'll tee you up. I see the oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Talk about soft. Talk about be having no fucking guts. Talk about having no – you know, you're just so on. You know, just you're so worn out, basically, mm-hmm. that one little comment from a player that doesn't like a call or one glare, and all of a sudden you're giving them a technical in that sport. Like mm-hmm. NBA refs, man, they're thin-skinned. They are very, very thin-skinned. They are soft. Like they can't yeah. handle any criticism. They don't tolerate any criticism whatsoever. I mean, they just the one moment you say anything 
or look at them the wrong way. It's like technical or throw you out the game. So they, they make they make MLB umpires look like monks, honestly. Yeah. 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 How about how about you take some responsibility for a fucking horrendous call rather than just throw someone out the game out of the game because you're offended? My goodness. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, all right, let's get into the uh, Saturday uh, card. We've got a big one. We've got a couple afternoon, three afternoon games, actually, still to go uh, on this Saturday. We'll begin with Vegas and Philadelphia. Uh, Golden Knights minus 155, minus 160. Uh, road favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. This one, actually, I'm going to be very brief with. Don't really have a strong feel for the game. I mean, Vegas, you know, uh, they found a way to escape with the win against Montreal, but that was definitely not one of their better defensive games. Uh, it wasn't one of Aiden Hill's better games, but good teams find a way, and they're the Stanley Cup champs for a reason. Like, that was probably the C-minus game if you had to give a grade to how the way they played against Montreal, and they still found a way to win uh, in that game. We'll see if they can carry that over here, but I'll tell you what, I'm – not really in a rush to bet against the Flyers at this price right now, given the way they've played. You know, very nice win for them in Carolina uh, the other night, three to one against the Hurricanes. Uh, they're playing that, you know, John Tortorella hard effort every single night. You know, I do worry eventually, you know, the lack of, you know, consistent offense and uh, weapons throughout their lineup is going to catch up to them. But, you know, right now, Philadelphia, they've won three in a row. Uh, they ended their road trip after the loss to San Jose. Uh, they ended up beating uh, Anaheim 6-3, beat a good L.A. Kings team 4-2, and then uh, they beat Carolina 3-1. Now, this is the first home game, you know, after playing four straight on the road. So you could say it's a little dubious spot, but Alex and I, we talk about this all the time. This is that early start, right? 10 a.m. Pacific on the body clock for Vegas. How do they react to it? Philadelphia, meanwhile, We've watched this for years with the Flyers. They've played a shit ton of these Saturday afternoon early games uh, at home. So they are very comfortable with it. They're very much used to it. However, here's another counterpoint. Anaheim played in Philly a few weeks ago, and it was a Saturday afternoon game at this time. And Anaheim went in there and dummied them. You know, Anaheim just beat the hell out of Philadelphia in that game, seven to four, October 28th. And it was a Saturday game at 1 PM Eastern. So maybe the West coast team traveling East and playing on this early time, which would be 10 AM local in Vegas. Maybe they can handle it Vegas because Anaheim sure did when they mm -hmm. went into Philadelphia a few Saturdays ago and beat them at this time. So it's a tough game all around for me. Not much on it. Side or total. I'm going to leave it alone there. The other two games I have wagers involved in the next two afternoon games, yeah. uh, but not this one, Alex, what do you think here? Golden Knights flyers. Yeah, I would lean with Flyers as well. Except it's the irony, and Kyle, you mentioned it about the Hill Frozen Frenzy night. It's the last time these two teams played. This was the last game to start that night, so it was a ten o'clock, uh, you know, body clock for Philly on the road, and now here you have a virtual ten a.m. flip around for Vegas, uh, and they've been, you know, on, on the East Coast trip. And I was just kind of looking back, skimming through to see how Vegas has done, just general overall on the East Coast, because it seems like they had at least in every season, there's been a blip where when they've gone east, they've kind of struggled and haven't played their sharpest hockey. Now, it's usually been later in the year. Uh, just looking back, even last year, the East Coast trip they had early, they had swept that and went won five in a row. But this is a, a spot historically, I mean, that's something we kind of look at when we talk about teams going cross-country, right? We talk about it with San Jose all the time. 
uh, going east. We talk about it with a couple of teams that go out west that struggle. And Vegas just kind of seems to where they have those spots that, you know, they don't always, you know, put things together, uh, you know, as smoothly on the road. And, and certainly, like I said, in day games, Philly has that advantage. Even when they've been bad, they still have been playing these games at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So they're not uh, completely thrown out of the loop by playing an early start time. I, I would definitely maybe look at Philly here. Like I said, look at the pace of play as this game's about to start within a, a half hour and maybe jump in live. That's a yeah, well, definitely a good idea. Maybe look at a live wager if you're unsure uh, prior to uh, opening puck drop. Uh, Kyle, what do you think here, Vegas, Philly? Uh, it's it, it's a bit of a tough one. I mean, I think you said it. the The line is a bit tricky um, with this one p.m. start. I, I hated these games starting at this time. The one thing I will does say anybody is, like these games when they're this early? Yeah, Doesn't it throw off your pregame meal and your nap time and all that bullshit? No. Everything is thrown yeah. out of sync. So the one thing I would say, um, and I don't know, I I know Philly just came off of a road trip. The I almost liked these games better on the road um, because you're already a little bit out of your routine and you're kind of on your road routine, and it's just um, you have less distractions. Like if you think about it. You're at home. Maybe you have a wife and kids. Um, everyone's waking up. You're, it's just your head's not in it. And until you get to the rink, it's very difficult to get into it. But you're probably, again, not 100% in it because you're. it's 10 a.m. when you're showing up sort of thing. And so, it, like, I – so coming in on the road, less distractions, and you're sort of – you just – get up, have your coffee, go to the rink. You're already with the guys. You're probably a little bit more dialed in. I think Philly's had a bit of a slow starts this season. And so I, I, I kind of like Vegas, obviously them being the stronger team as well. Now, again, I think with the line, it's a bit of a wild card. Um, but if I had a gun to my head, I might go Vegas. And thankfully you don't uh, have a gun to <laughs> Yeah, right now. Uh, yeah, uh, to me, it's just a little too pricey. Uh, uh, Rich brings up a good point in the chat. Philly should, maybe could have beaten, maybe should have beat Vegas earlier this year when they played in Vegas. I remember that was on the BetCast. We watched it, and, you know, Vegas needed a third-period rally in that final-minute goal from Shea Theodore. You know, a seeing-eye shot to win that game 3-2. So that was I think a tough we all We all had Vegas live, if I'm not mistaken. We all did. Yes, we did. Uh, see, that's what you miss on the BetCast, people. Money. Winners. <laughs> Uh, there you go. And the BetCast provided one with the uh, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, obviously, live in that game. So it is a little revenge spot here for the uh, Flyers. Like I say, I could make cases for both teams, and that's why, personally, I'm uh, staying out of it. Even the props, I really think this could be a lower-scoring battle, quite honestly. Uh, Vegas is Vegas not going to want to do what they did against Montreal, 6-5 like that. That's not you know the style of game they want to get into uh, on a regular basis. Uh, it's going to be Carter Hart and Logan Thompson, your two goalies. Uh, Chandler Stevenson is a game-time decision. Now, he's missed some time. We'll see if he's uh, good to go. I, we're probably going to find out in a moment or so if he's on the ice. Nick Hague's still on IR. For me, for props, it would be Owen Tippett and William Carlson, okay, one on each team. Owen Tippett's red hot right now for the Flyers. He has definitely been one of their better goal scorers lately. And then on the Vegas side, no doubt, uh, William Carlson's been really good. All right, we go to Music City. Chicago Blackhawks, Nashville Predators, uh, Nashville uh, minus 200, uh, home favorites, uh, the total six here uh, in this game. Uh, Chicago uh, losing to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning the other night. Uh, they will be in uh, bounce back mode here uh, on the road against the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville, a really, really inconsistent mess of a team. I guess that's uh, 
the best way to put it. You know what's amazing to me, guys? And this is my premise here for making this bet. You got Chicago at five and nine. Uh, they've actually been better on the road where they're four and five. Um, you've got Nashville at five and ten. So you've got two teams that have the same number of wins. And Nashville actually has one loss more than Chicago. How the hell are you putting them out there at minus 200? How? I mean, my goodness. I mean, this Nashville team, we're pricing this team like they fucking got Martin Erat and all and, and all these guys from years ago when they were really, really good. And, you know, they had uh, Pekka Rene in his prime. Or, you know, it's just unreal that there's still this. I really, truly believe Nashville, especially at home, still often gets overpriced. I mean, I've said this over and over about Nashville. I cashed a ticket laying or taking the big underdog on the road against Nashville earlier this week. Anaheim went in there and beat Nashville three to two. Nashville was laying an absurd price in that game, minus 180, just about. And here they are laying minus 200. I'm Give me the Hawks here. Give me Chicago, plus 170. This is just a misprice, in my opinion. You cannot put Nashville as a minus 200 home favorite right now when basically these are identical teams as far as record uh, is concerned uh, at this point in time. Uh, and Chicago's actually been better on the road uh, as of late. And I like get the idea of getting them off a couple of losses now. They lost to Florida at the end of the road trip, come back home, lose to Tampa, uh, and now you got them looking to bounce back. And meanwhile, you got a Nashville team that's 1-6 in their last seven, and they've lost four straight uh, going into this game. So to me, you know, you look at it, I know Nashville's won five of the last six meetings between these two teams, but the very last meeting they had, which was the final game last year, this will be their first game uh, regular season meeting this year, but their last regular season meeting uh, a season ago, Chicago won here in Nashville, two to one, and they were about an underdog of even bigger, plus two to 10 underdog in that game. So uh, it's just an overpriced favorite. Uh, in my opinion. So I like Chicago here. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Blackhawks, Predators. Well, I hope you're right, but uh, I'm staying away from this side. Like, like you mentioned, they did get the win in, in Music City the last time they played. That broke a six-game losing streak uh, in Nashville for the Hawks. They have not done well against them overall. 3-12 uh, and 12 the last 15 for Chicago against Nashville. Uh, and the way that they just looked lifeless in that third period when a game that they should have come back and, and battled back and won, in my opinion, at home against Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay team that hasn't been playing uh, the best hockey that you've already beat so far. And they just completely laid an egg late in that contest. And I think that might be the reason why we've seen that, because now here we are, we've seen this is the second time we're talking about this is a Hawks team that should have won a game and didn't. Uh, you know, going back to that Florida game on the road and, and, and then back home against Tampa. So that's now problematic. And now we're starting to see this is the reason why, okay, yes, all the Connor Bedard hype in the world, but this team is still bad. And with Arvid Soderblom in that, who I distinctively remember getting lit the fuck up in Nashville. That is concerning, I will admit. That is very, concerning. very, very concerning. So there's no way I can take a side here at all. I'm going with the first period over. I grabbed 140, uh, shopper off that. Anything higher than 150, maybe try to grab it in game. Nashville's been on a great run to the first period over 11 and 2. The Hawks just had their run. They were with five games uh, in a row going over in the first period. They just had that snapped in the last game against Tampa. So definitely think we see good, some good pace here. Also, 4 and 2 to the first period over in the last six meetings. So that's the only thing we're saying with here. 
There you go. First period over here for uh, Alex with uh, Chicago and Nashville. Yeah, Kyle, we've got this thing going with the goalies. When they're good, we respect them and we give them their proper name. When they're yeah. struggling and they suck, yeah, we basically uh, rip them and we give them a, an insulting, disrespectful, dis motherfucking respectful name, as I say on the NBA show. With uh, Arvid, <laughs> with Ar with Arvid Soderblom, early in the season, he was really good. He actually, the first few starts, he was good. Then he gets lit up. He gets lit up by Arizona. So early, we're calling him Arvid Soder. Blom. Very good. But then he started to suck. We call him Arvid Soderbaum. Uh, there you go. It's yeah, been going on for about a year now. So yeah. uh, Soderbaum. Yeah. And then David Riddick, same thing. We call him Big Save Dave all these years when he plays well. When he sucks, Big Siv Dave. Yep. You know, it's a big difference. Uh, when David Riddick's good, we give him the, the, the respectful name. When he's bad, we don't. That's the way we operate here. Uh, what do you think here, Kyle? Chicago, Nashville. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it's going to be a good game. Um they're basically playing for last place in the central. So it, I expect both teams will probably come out strong. Obviously again, that sort of early central time start, which will be tough, but I expect both teams to come ready to play. Um, so yeah, I, I also a um, bit of a tough read, especially with that line. Um, a lot of the things Alex was saying, I agree with. Um, I'm not a big first period bet, bet, but uh First period over under better or just like period over under better. But I, I, I'm i down to jump on board with Alex's bet. I kind of like that one. And if there's any uh, person to tail as far as first period bets are concerned, <laughs> Alex is a good place to start. He, he came sure. very uh, a lot of things to back that bet. So I was like, all right. Nope. nope. I mean, just I remember off the top of my head, Islanders Canucks the other night. Yeah, over one and a half in the first period. Now, Alex is good identifying those. And again, shout out to Chris Otto, who's a big, yes. uh, you know, assistance, if you will, with the uh, identifying charts. those great first period uh, totals bets with the great charts uh, that he uh, makes available. And of course, we post those on the uh, Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash ice guys. So shout out to Chris Otto and the great work uh, that he keeps doing with those. Uh, as far as player props, um, yeah, no, no, Bedard finally cooled off against Tampa Bay. That being said, you know, he's done a lot of his damage on the road lately especially that road trip. He was good. So I don't mind coming back to the well, taking a shot with uh, Bedard uh, here, a goal and assist prop uh, in this game uh, for the Nashville Predators, you know, tread lightly because this is a team that offensively they've had some struggles of late, but Soderblom is in net, the great equalizer potentially for a struggling uh, offense. He could be the cure that uh, ail for the cure for what ails you. So is that going to be the case for Nashville today? We'll have to uh, wait and see. All right. The final afternoon game, Edmonton, Tampa Bay, uh, we've got the Oilers minus 125 road favorites. Seven uh, is the uh, total in this game. And I'm certainly interested in the over, but I'm going to wait for a live six and a half. I think that's the best way to approach it. I was uh, looking for, there were some six and a halves this morning, juiced at minus 135, minus 140, but those are all gone right now. And we're seeing sevens uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, you look at these two teams and uh, Tampa Bay, you know, they did have those two back-to-back -back shutout losses to uh, Carolina and St. Louis, but they did bounce back uh, with the 4-2 win against uh, Chicago. They've obviously done a better job scoring goals uh, here at home for the uh, most part. We'll see if that carries over to this game. Uh, Edmonton, since the coaching change, I find their offense has been a lot more dynamic. They're kind of getting back to having that explosiveness again, cycling the puck well, uh, doing things well in the offensive zone. Uh, I thought there were things had gotten a little bit stagnant there last week we know defensively and goaltending they've had their issues all season but even their offense at times like they went through a stretch there where they scored two goals 
you know, or fewer uh, in three of four games uh, right before Jay Woodcroft got fired. Uh, and now since Knobloch has been behind the bench, 2-0, and uh, and they've scored four goals in each game uh, so far. So uh, Edmonton's starting to get uh, on track a little bit offensively, not to mention that uh, Edmonton's actually now scored uh, four goals in three straight games. So like I said, again, they're starting to get uh, things back in order, at least at the offensive end. I think the jury's still out on them uh, defensively at the moment. Uh, by the way, there's some key injuries potentially here for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, someone talking about Kucherov injured, but uh, he was injured, but he's good. Looks like he's good to go, and he's going to be available here for uh, Tampa Bay. The bigger uh, concern is Sorelli, uh, who has blocked a shot against Chicago. He left that game, didn't return, and he is uh, questionable for this game against Edmonton. And with Sorelli, you miss his defensive play even more. He is one of the best defensive forwards on this Lightning team. And that's significant. When you don't have Vasilevsky, you have Jonas Johansson still in net. When you don't have, I think, the back-checking, shut-down, defensive-minded forwards in your bottom six that you've had in years past, if Sorelli doesn't play today, who's one of the better defensive forwards on the team still remaining, that's a huge gap. And that could hurt them a bit at the defensive end of the ice today without Sorelli if he doesn't go. So makes me more interested in the over, but again, probably best to wait, find the six and a half or better uh, with a live look. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Edmonton, Tampa Bay? Yeah, this is just a, a game, a side or total, I would be looking at waiting for a live. Except, you know, obviously Edmonton with the momentum uh, of Knobloch, and, and that's something that obviously the reason why they're favored here. I think, you know, if, you, if you're talking about Woodcroft still being around, we're probably talking about what an even line, maybe even Tampa slightly favored. But that, that momentum kind of shifts things in Oilers' way. And like I said, it's not really comfortable laying it with the Oilers, even though that, with that momentum. And this is a Tampa Bay team. Every time we try to just slam them and say, oh, they're not playing that well, they got Johansson starting in that, then all of a sudden they pop up and have a 3-1 win or they, or they play close and tight. So it, it's one I'm more than likely just going to stay out of, but I will be watching it live to try and look for something. Definitely, if I can get a 6.5, the thing you worry about with these two teams too, you, wonder, you worry about a quick goal that, you know, completely throws you out of looking for the live, you know, first period or full game over here. So so maybe tread a little lightly with that. If you have to lay a price, you, you might as well just go in and deal with that. A six and a half, lay a dollar twenty, lay a dollar fifteen. Don't try and get greedy and wait for, for plus money here uh, because you may not have enough time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you think here, Kyle? Edmonton, Tampa Bay. It's uh, <clears throat> another weird one, honestly. It's I feel like Edmonton, since the coaching change, has been playing a little loose. I feel like oftentimes when your coach steps in, it's rather than coming in and implementing some super rigid system, especially with all the talent they have up front, it's just, hey, let's go play free. Everyone stop worrying about everything. Like, it is what it is. We're moving forward here. Um, and and that makes them a big-time wild card. Um, now they're also playing very well coached. Tampa team uh, in Tampa. So it's it's yeah it's it's a tough one. Um, I'm probably gonna stay away. I do like the over at the six and a half. Um, obviously, both teams have a ton of firepower up front, so that that I do like, um, especially with like you were mentioning Sorelli being out. Um, so that, I would like that maybe something live as well. Yeah, as far as props, Paul Barre Boulay and Hagel continue to be you know the go-to. Uh, props for me, a little undervalued for uh, Tampa Bay. As far as Edmonton goes, it looks like Connor Brown is back for them. And it looks like Chris Knobloch might put him up on the top line. Uh, he'll get a big assignment. Yep, starting the game with McDavid and Nuge, 
the Nuge, Ryan Nuge and Hopkins on the uh, top line. So there is Connor Bedard, or not Bedard, Connor Brown. Got my Connors mixed up. And then there's Connor McDavid in this game too. So too many Connors. Connor Brown <laughs> is on the uh, top line with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. Uh, let me see what the value is for his props. That's going to be on my uh, ticket today for sure. I'm on my card today for sure. Uh, Connor Brown looking at his props, getting that top line spot. Now, again, this is a guy that hasn't exactly had a good job finishing his chances, but he's plus 450. It looks like at BetMGM and points bet to score a goal here. So, Again, tons of value there for Connor Brown playing with McDavid uh, and Nugent Hopkins on the top line. And plus 450, uh, he is to uh, score a goal in this game. So definitely going to take a look at uh, that. Now, the issue with Connor Brown is all the speed in the world. He's a great skater, really, really gifted skater, terrific, and gets chances. But finishing the chances has been an issue. Even going back to when he was with the Leafs a long time ago, uh, you know, it was always Got all the speed, great on the penalty kill because he has that speed. He's got the ability to track down, hunt down pucks, be in great position. Uh, and penalty kill, when you're a penalty killer, you got to have some level of, uh, of skating speed. He has that. But just the lack of consistent finish has hindered him uh, over the years. And uh, we'll see if he's got a little more in him now with McDavid playing on the top line with him tonight, or this afternoon, rather, in this game. All right, the rest of the games are night games. Arizona-Winnipeg, we've got the uh, Jets minus 155. Home favorite, six and a half the total. Rest advantage for Arizona, uh, which, you know, I think is a little bit significant. Jets have had a great homestand. Uh, quite honestly, they played very well. They win again last night uh, by a score of uh, 3-2 against Buffalo. Uh, there's no doubt they're playing very well at this point in time. This is the end, I believe, of the uh, homestand for uh, Winnipeg. And uh, it's that old theory. And we got, of course, Kyle with us. Good day to have Kyle with us. There is some thought in that theory when you've had a great long homestand. Sometimes that final game, when it's been going well, things get a little stale, monotony sets in, and you're ready to get on the road, and maybe you're not always at your absolute best in these kind of spots. So I'd be a little worried about the Jets here, minus 155 tonight uh, against Arizona. I don't know if I would back Arizona because Winnipeg has just completely owned them. Seven straight, they have beaten Arizona, but... Uh, I don't want to lay this price with the Jets in this spot. Successful homestand coming uh, to an end tonight. And then they go on the road to face Tampa Bay, Florida, and Nashville uh, later uh, this week. That's another thing, too. The first uh, destination on that road trip for Winnipeg is Tampa. So it's the sunshine, the warm weather. And believe me, you notice the difference when you play in Winnipeg uh, right before that. So uh, they're going to be excited, I think, about uh, getting down there to the sunshine of the uh, FLA after this. So I'm not sure we're going to get the best out of the Jets tonight. Does that make me take Arizona? It has me leaning Arizona. I don't know if I uh, will take it, though, because they have just struggled against the Jets. I do like the over here, though. Vanelka for Arizona, and it's going to be Laurent Brossois, of course, in net for the Jets after we saw Hellebuck last night. So I think we do have the chance to see some goals. We saw a lot of goals when they played in the desert just recently. 5-3 it was uh, in favor of Winnipeg. Uh, just uh, recently when they played in the uh, little band box there, Mullet Arena down in Tempe. So uh, I do like over six and a half lean Arizona. I don't know if I'll get there with that bet, though. What do you think, Alex? Coyotes, Jets? I think I might take a shot here with the Coyotes plus money. I, you know, I haven't backed them a, whole, a heck of a whole lot. I feel like this could be one of those spots here where, you know, like I said, we, we, we talked about it all year about, you know, identifying these Coyote spots where you feel like they could, you know, be a live dog and kind of press the action. 
I think this might be one of those spots here. I'm taking a shot with, with Arizona. Like I said, I just it's kind of a, a gut slight fade with, with the Jets here. Like I said, you know, we were back in them. They had the momentum rolling. You know, they were playing well when you know bonus was out and everybody was kind of rallying around. Uh, you know that whole situation. Now I think this may be one of those spots where Arizona can kind of catch them napping. Like I said uh, a mostly empty Jets uh, arena. I think I think this could be a game for the Arizona and a plus bonus. All right, uh, Alex, liking it. Arizona plus 135, and I certainly lean in that direction. Uh, yeah, I'll get to the props in a minute. You guys already know what I'm liking in that game. If you watched yesterday's show, you already know it. What do you think here, Kyle? Coyotes, Jets? Uh, I, I got to be honest. I have not followed these two teams a ton this year. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just two smaller markets that don't come to my attention a ton. If um, I don't know. I mean – to the point you raised about being a last game of a long homestand, I, I, I don't think that gets too, too much in your head, especially if you've been hot. I feel like you kind of ride that confidence. I doubt they're thinking too much beyond the sunshine, um, uh, like looking forward to it. But, hey, we got a job here to do still, and let's get this W, and we'll go have some fun down south. Um, so – yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like Winnipeg. It's Saturday night game at home. Like, they're, they're going to get up. It's a tough building to play in. Um, so, for that reason, I, I would not go um, with Arizona. Um, but at, at that line, it's, tough. it's a tough one. Um, I, guess, I guess I would lean Winnipeg. All right, lean Winnipeg for uh, Kyle. But, again, minus 155. Not a great price uh, if you uh, like that side. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, not not the greatest problem. Unless you take them in minus one or regulation, which uh, we always endorse doing that if you're going to take a favorite in this uh, price range. But yeah, as far as props go, look, Logan Cooley, man, he finally got the bat, found the back of the net for Arizona. Uh, you know what that can be sometimes. He gets the one goal and the floodgates start to open after that. Uh, don't be surprised if he gets a few now. So Logan Cooley, Lawson Krause, of course, you got to keep coming back to Lawson Krause. He scored again against Columbus the other night. And you know who we're going to on Winnipeg, Mr. Cole Perfetti. Five-game goal-scoring streak, uh, just keeps on rolling for this team, uh, playing with extreme confidence. And is, it, there's no adjustment in, in the goal prop. It's still plus 310 at FanDuel. How, does his, how the hell does his goal-score prop get better today? It was only plus 300 yesterday. FanDuel's got plus 310 today. And the guy has scored five straight in five straight games, Cole Perfetti. So I'm going to just keep betting those great prices uh, for uh, Cole Perfetti, plus 310 uh, right now uh, at FanDuel. So uh, no doubt a uh, great value there uh, as far as that goes. Uh, yeah, it looks like Michelli day-to-day. Barrett Hayton is out. Oh, we've got uh, Logan Cooley's on the second line. Nick Bukestad it looks like has been tabbed by Andre Tourney uh, to center the top line for the uh, Arizona Coyotes tonight. So he is definitely getting uh, the bump up the lineup. So someone was asking there in the chat, yeah, who is moving up the lineup for the Oats with Hayton out? And that would be uh, Nick Bukestad. So definitely some value. What's Nick Bukestad in terms of his uh, goal prop uh, here tonight? Plus 370. Yep. I think that's worth a look too. Definitely centering that top line with uh, Schmaltz and Keller, and you get a matchup against Winnipeg backup goalie tonight. Of course, Laurent Brossois, not Connor Hellebuck. So, not a bad look there, in my opinion. Take a shot with Bukestad to find the back of the net. All right, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Carolina minus one hundred and sixty, home favorite, six and a half the total. 
I like Carolina a little bit here in the first period puck line. I think that's the best approach uh, in this game. They can't be happy about losing at home to the uh, Flyers uh, in their last game. You have a chance maybe to pounce early on the Penguins coming in here uh, tonight. Uh, They needed a better start. Obviously, they didn't have a good start at all uh, against uh, Philadelphia uh, the other night, and it really hurt them. So I think the onus for Rod Brindamore is get a better first 20 minutes uh, under your belt tonight so you can get minus a half, plus 150. Uh, with the first period puck line on Carolina. That being said, I'm also going to come back and sprinkle a little bit on the draw uh, in this game, which I do think has got some potential here. Six games where they've all been tight, the last six head-to-head meetings with the uh, Penguins and the Hurricanes. If you actually look, we saw last year uh, in Carolina, a 2-1 to win for Carolina, a 3-2 to win for Carolina. Both games in Pittsburgh last year went to overtime uh, between these two teams. There was a 4-2 game the year before in Pittsburgh. And then in Carolina the year before, it was 3-2 Hurricanes in overtime. So three of the last six meetings have gone past regulation. I think five of the six meetings have been decided by one goal. So we've seen close games. So I like Carolina to get the jump early in this game, like one nothing, that kind of thing, after the first period. But I think the draw is live. I think Pittsburgh probably gets a little stronger as the game goes on. So uh, a little Carolina first period puck line. and a little bit on the draw uh, for me here as well. Alex, uh, Pittsburgh, Carolina. Yeah, I'll write on the draw with you. I got uh, plus 370 at FanDuel. He said three of the last six to go uh, past regulation. Six of the last seven meetings decided by one goal. So this definitely feels like it could be one of those tight contests. But I think I might tell you there on that uh, Hurricanes, that first period puck line as well, too. I can definitely see where Carolina might jump out early. So that could also lead to an opening for a better first period over. That's something I'll try and grab in-game. Uh, so small play on Carolina for uh, first period puck line, and that kind of leads to opening for a, a live first period over, but definitely right in the draw. All right, liking the draw. And again, for me, this is a plus 150 and a plus 370 uh, on this game with the uh, Hurricanes first period puck line in the draw. So if I if I hit one of them, if we, even if it's a one and one split, it's profitable. Uh, it ends up being profit. So that's what we're looking for. Yeah, goaltending tonight, Jari for Pittsburgh. Not confirmed yet, but projected to be anti-Ranta uh, in net tonight for the uh, Hurricanes, it looks like. Uh, what do you think here, Kyle? Pittsburgh, Carolina. Uh, no, I like what you guys have been saying with the draw. Um, like you said, they're two very evenly matched teams. I think Pittsburgh's slowly starting to find their game, both coming off losses here. So, uh, it, it'll be another good game, I think, evenly matched. Um, so yeah, I, I'd go with the draw. Like I said earlier, I'm not a big period guy, so I, I, I'm not going to jump on that one with you guys. But <laughs> I like you can it. cheer us on then, or me on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Liking the draw too. As far as props go in this game, um, this is a weird game. This could be Pittsburgh. I want to bet over, but I'm having a hard time betting Carolina over right now because they've trended under. I think they want to. And at home, they've been an under machine. Go and look at Carolina's home games. It's been one under after another when they've played at home this year. They're four and one at home, but you know the home games we saw three one loss to Philly stayed under, three two win against Buffalo uh, in overtime stayed under, a three nothing win against San Jose at home stayed under, three two win against Seattle in overtime stayed under. So the Hurricanes have really been trending to the under uh, here on uh, home ice. Uh, in uh, recent games, and we will see if that continues. Eight and two to the under overall as well for Carolina uh, in their uh, last uh, 10 games. So we'll see if that trend continues here tonight. All right, Montreal, Boston, right in Kyle's neck of the woods there, Beantown, uh, Canadians and Bruins, 
Boston minus 270, home favorite, six the total in this game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big news, Milan Lucic uh, earlier today, domestic dispute, arrested, uh, indefinite uh, you know, leave uh, from the hockey team. Um, probably his days are numbered, you know, if it comes to light that something significant and serious has happened uh, involving him and his significant other. So uh, definitely uh, unfortunate news uh, to hear that. Uh, and that's what and Boston doesn't screw around with that kind of stuff. You know, they built their team on, you know, very being professional, being responsible human beings, you know, over the years. So, yeah, they don't take that shit lightly. And they already put out the statement uh, right away. Uh, Boston, by the way, you don't say revenge spot very often for the Boston Bruins. But you actually are saying that here because they lost to the Montreal Canadiens last Saturday night uh, in Montreal. So uh, will they want some payback here? Probably uh, we'll see if they're able to get it. Montreal coming off uh, mm-hmm. three straight losses. Funny, they beat Boston in overtime last Saturday night. They haven't won since then. Uh, they lose to uh, Calgary five uh, two to one, Vancouver five to two, and then the six five loss against Vegas, where they actually played pretty well. Caden Primo played pretty well, but uh, unfortunately uh, the roof caved in on them in the third period. Vegas really made a strong push, and they were able to come back and beat uh, Montreal uh, in that game. That win for Montreal, by the way, last week, that snapped a nine-game win streak in the head-to-head series for Boston uh, over Montreal. They had dominated the Canadians, and then the Canadians finally snapped that long losing streak to the Bruins last week. My guess is they are not going to get a second straight win here uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins, but it's hard to find the value. I mean, you're talking about a minus 270 favorite, so not much here for me. Pass, just Boston wins. I'm just not interested with the as far as the value goes. Not enough for me to get involved. What do you think here, Alex? Yeah, it's more likely going to be a pass. Might look for maybe this could be a lower scoring kind of a star. We can try and grab like a four and a half over in the you know late in the first period or beginning of the second period. But other than that, this is to be kind of an observation game for me. Yeah, I mean, if you like Boston, take it. Maybe try the minus one and a half. I mean, they're not. They're sometimes some of uh, one of those teams that they don't always get the two goal margin or more. Uh, in victory, but uh, that's the only thing that's got any kind of value here is that minus one and a half for Boston on the uh, puck line. Uh, what do you think here, Kyle? Uh, you're right there, uh, Boston, your backyard, Canadians, Bruins. Yeah, I actually like the minus one and a half. Um, the I feel like I would have been more confident in it if the Lucic stuff didn't all come up. Uh, I, like it's tough to see how a team would react to that, but obviously Boston's tight group, um, a lot of true professionals there. They're going to want the revenge. They're going to want to move the headlines away from all of the Lucic noise, and they're going to want to come out and dominate tonight and get back on track. So I, I see them having a strong game. and um, I don't know. I mean, it's always a good game between Boston and Montreal. So I, I expect Montreal to play well, but just knowing the Bruins and what they can bring to the table, I, I, I like the minus one and a half. You know what? The puck line might get there for you, Kyle, because I'm just looking now. Uh, minus one and a half. I'm looking at Boston when hosting Montreal the last uh, five times. 3-1, 4-1, 5-2, 5-1, and 4-2 for the Boston yeah. Bruins. They won every game by at least two goals against this team here at the TD Garden. So uh, we'll see if that uh, continues uh, here uh, tonight. Funny story is that uh, Kyle was at a Bruin Leaf game, uh, and it was that game that went to overtime, and I told him, bet the draw. That night, and uh, sure enough, cashed in. So he's learning. He's learning, Alex. (laughs) Nice, slowly slowly but surely. 
There you go. I'm telling you, those draws. Uh, we, we know what we say about the draws, or at least I've come up with this saying, a draw a day keeps the bookies away. There you go. There you go. And it does, like it. Especially, especially at those prices, like plus 300, plus 400 uh, with the uh, majority of them. All right, we move along. Rangers taking on the Devils. Uh, we've got uh, New Jersey minus 115, minus 120. Uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, there was some chatter from Lindy Ruff yesterday that there might be a Jack Hughes return uh, tonight uh, in this game. Now, obviously, Timo Meyer still day-to-day. Heeshear is going to be long-term. Uh, but Jack Hughes, a game-time decision uh, for the New Jersey Devils tonight. So every little bit helps. We know this team has really, really scuffled uh, as of late without uh, Jack Hughes, although they finally did get a win for the first time since Jack Hughes got injured uh, over the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night, a nice six to two or five to two victory for the Devils uh, in that game. Will they be able to carry that over here against the uh, Rangers? Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, the New York Rangers, meanwhile, they've obviously had a, a very solid year. It's the typical um, New York Rangers or P- Peter Laviolette, I should say, good first year. Usually when he takes over a team, there's that immediate uh, strong play that he seems to deliver wherever he goes, and he keeps on doing that. I mean, nine and one in their last ten games, and the only loss was that shootout loss to the Minnesota Wild, where they had a huge lead. And Minnesota came all the way back and won five four. So there's no doubt this has been uh, a very very good Rangers team, very good defensively. The goaltending from, to be honest, both of their goalies, Quick has even played more good than bad uh, in a lot of his starts. Uh, but definitely Shesterkin, it goes without saying, has been excellent. We might see Jonathan Quick tonight, but it's not confirmed. Just a projection. He might get the uh, nod uh, in goal for the uh, New York Rangers. Um, this is not a back-to-back, but there is a chance we see Quick uh, in net for the uh, Rangers. And it should be on the New Jersey side, Vitek Vanacek. Not, again, confirmed yet, but the projections are he will be in net uh, for this game. Uh, you look at uh, series history, and certainly it's been actually been an under series history. Now, a lot of those were the playoff games. You know, we did see some higher scoring games in the regular season last year between these two teams. New Jersey, typically a team I want to bet over. The Rangers, not so much. However, uh, even the New York Rangers, three of their last four games have gone over the total. And we have seen the Rangers find their way to scoring four goals or more in four straight games coming into this one. So I actually am going to go over six and a half here with Devils and Rangers. I lean Rangers. I might even sprinkle on the draw, though, here. I think it's a close competitive game uh, either way. Uh, Jack Hughes being back certainly would help the cause for the um, Devils. I'm probably going to be on the draw either way. If Hughes is out, I'll be more interested maybe in the Rangers. But right now, I definitely think the draw could be worth a look. Again, you look series history here uh, with uh, these two teams. Regular season last year, 4-3 Rangers in overtime at Madison Square Garden. 4-3 New Jersey over the Rangers in Newark in overtime. Back-to-back overtime games. And then the last regular season game last year was 2-1 Devils. And that nearly got to overtime. And then in the playoff series, we had some tight games. And one game went to overtime. So draw and over 6.5 lean Rangers. Might even bet Rangers, too. Add that to the mix if Hughes is out for New Jersey. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Devils, Rangers. 
Yeah, I grabbed ranges at even money this morning, and now like I said, I'm seeing you know dollar fifteens, dollar twenties, and I, I guess that is responsive on two things. One, like I said, waiting for the, the confirmation of Hughes, but also Shesterkin potentially being back, if not tonight, but certainly uh, within the next couple of games, that has definitely shifted things away. And I think this is still a cheap price for a Rangers team that's been you know playing some decent hockey right now. And we're not going to get this kind of a price if they continue this heat. This one twenty will turn into one fifty, one sixty, two hundred real soon because we know when the Rangers do get hot, they become public darling. So it's kind of just a, a grabbing value right now with the Rangers while it still exists. Um, draw definitely wouldn't, wouldn't talk anyone out of looking at the draw here in, in this contest. As we mentioned, uh, a tight history between the two should be a chippy game. Of course, first time meeting uh, since last postseason where, you know, Rangers had that two old series lead on the road, go back home and blow it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they want to get that bad taste out of their mouth. So I, I think the Rangers come out here with a nice solid effort tonight. All right, liking the Rangers here is Alex, minus 120. Uh, Kyle, what do you think here? This is a great rivalry playoff, obviously, a rematch from last year in the first round, uh, Devils and Rangers. Yeah, no, I, I mean, <clears throat> I think, like you guys have been saying, the value's there um, to take the Rangers. So I, I do like that. They have been playing good hockey. The one other bet that I think would be interesting, um, seeing that the Rangers last played Sunday – Devils just got a big win in Pittsburgh Thursday. I can see them coming out hot, maybe take the Devils up one first period um, as kind of a wild card bet. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's always tough coming off a week without playing. Um, takes a little bit to get back into it. Um, obviously, they've been practicing, but um, it's nothing that quite simulates a game, like level of action. Oh, that they got the uh the order wrong. New Jersey's at home uh against the uh, Rangers and they're minus 115. There we go. I told you it was a little it's a long night last night, so feeling it a little bit today. <laughs> uh screwing up a little bit here with the uh, marquee. But there we go. Devils are the home team, they're minus 115. And like I say, I'll probably will bet the Rangers if Hughes is out, if he's in, uh maybe not. Uh, I do like the draw and I like the over there uh, in that one. All right, Islanders and Flames. We've got the uh New York Islanders. Uh Lane Lambert, uh, the vultures are circling around this guy uh, right now. Uh, it has been rough for the New York Islanders. Uh, they are now going to Calgary to end this uh, Western Canadian road trip. Uh, Calgary minus 145, home favorites, six the total here, uh, shaded to the under. I guess quickly, too, about the props. You know who I like as far as Lafreniere for the Rangers. He's their best player right now. Uh, he's undervalued still because he's playing the best hockey of his career. I say stick to Mercer, McLeod on the uh, New Jersey side, the top two centers, assuming Hughes doesn't go. Uh, this game, look, I know I still don't want to lay a price with Calgary. Now, I'll give them credit. They're playing better. Uh, they're winning some games. They had a nice win against Vancouver. Not many teams are beating the Canucks right now, uh, but Calgary was able to get the win. But they took advantage of a, just a phenomenal spot to fade this um, Vancouver team uh, if the other night, just because Vancouver was – you know, back-to-back -back after playing the Islanders. And that Islanders came after the very long road trip. So they definitely looked sluggish, Vancouver against Calgary. That said, Calgary played well in that 5-2 win. I'll give them credit. They've now won two in a row. See if they can keep it going here. They're starting to gradually build some momentum. I guess the best thing about that win, too, is they finally saw Jonathan Huberto, you know, score a goal. That must have been uh, just a relief for everybody uh, in the uh, Flames organization. We know what kind of uh, cap hit uh, Jonathan Huberto is having on this team as far as the money uh, he is getting paid. And that was only his third goal of the season. And that 
uh, was his first goal since October the 19th, almost a full month he went since scoring his last goal. So that's a great sign for Calgary. Now, can he keep it going and get some uh, momentum from that? Uh, That remains to be seen. The Islanders are just in a dreadful way right now. We know they're always offensively challenged sometimes. Uh, And then on the flip side, you know, they've have scored goals at times this year. And now the problem is holding leads, something that was never an issue for them with Barry Trotz. When the Islanders used to get a lead game over, they would, you know, lock you down. They would make it tough to get speed through the neutral zone, tough to find open looks. And and all of a sudden they're protecting the lead over and over again. And now they can't protect the lead. Their foundation is fractured. Their foundation has been defensive hockey and protecting leads. And the Islanders aren't doing that. How many blown leads have they had? Vancouver, they blew it earlier this week. Seattle, they had an opportunity to win that game. They blew it and lost in a shootout. Seven straight losses. There's already thought that maybe, regardless of the result tonight, Lane Lambert's gone, that they might make a coaching change after this game when the Islanders get back home uh, from this road trip. So it's been awful. And yes, uh, as pointed out in the uh, chat by Benjamin Mills, And I know there's a few people that have posted this stat on Twitter uh, or on X, I should say. Now the Islanders are 0 and 8 as underdogs uh, this year. And guess what they are tonight? (laughs) An underdog. So I lean Calgary. I just don't like the price enough. And I don't trust Calgary enough just yet to lay minus 145 with them. So I'm off the side other than maybe I look at the draw, you know, and to me, it's pretty difficult to uh, not make a case for it because you look at this Islanders team, Back-to-back games have gone past a uh, regulation. Uh, last year, uh, these two teams played twice, and uh, one of them did go to overtime. Islanders, the one thing about them is they're struggling. They're losing games seven in a row, but they've been in a lot of these games, and these have been close games for the most part. So the draw might be worth a look here uh, at a nice price once again, Islanders and Flames. Alex, what do you think here? Isles, Flames. Yeah, I really love this first period over. Seven and three to the first period over for both teams. Uh, we've also seen... The Islanders on a, a strange a, a six-game run to the first period over. It's something that I don't think I've uh, ever said in the last four or five years of, of betting these first period overs. Uh, and, and you look at the series history between these two teams. Last four games, Flames in with a 3-1 lead. Flames in with a 2-1 lead. Flames in with a 2-1 lead. Flames in with a 2-1 lead. So definitely loving this first period over, getting a one-and-a-half. Might even take a shot with Flames puck line since they've cashed that in four straight. In the first period, yeah. In the first yep, period. Definitely. And uh, and definitely liking the draw here as well. Like I said, back-to-back with the Islanders. And I think this could be one of those games, like I said, the Isles are fighting for, you know, just to, one, just staying afloat and trying to play better hockey. But like I said, I think they kind of know, too, that the, the writing's on the wall with, with Lane Lambert. I can see this one being where if it's tight, this one kind of slows down a little bit. They get back to their bread and butter, playing sound defense, and then – we may see this one, uh, you know, get settled past regulation. So I'm taking a smaller shot with a draw, but definitely loving this first period. All right, there we go. Draw and first period over and a lean to Calgary first period puck line. And hard to argue with that. They've always had the lead recent head to head meetings against the Islanders and the Islanders, the Islanders, actually their issue has not been starts. It's been finishes. They've actually had good starts in some of these games, Vancouver, Seattle, and they just can't finish. Uh, and they can't close leads, and they're blowing leads left and right, which they never used to do when Barry Trotz was behind the bench. Uh, what do you think here, Kyle? New York Islanders, Calgary Flames. So you guys are selling me on the first period puck line like that. Uh, the over two, yeah. 
<laughs> wrong. Take it all. Um, but everything yeah. the Islanders here, though, the, it, going to 0-8 on a road trip like that, this, um, real tough. I, I don't think that they obviously haven't been great, but they've been coming out in hot starts like we've been saying. And so it's, it's, it's like it's there. They just can't play a full 60 minutes. I got to think that they're – they're going to come out strong tonight. Um, nothing against Calgary, but um, just uh, to your point about the value, I kind of like the Islanders. All right, there, liking the Islanders here. Plus one to the snap that uh, underdog run. 0 and 8 is underdogs, but, uh, you know, all streaks and all trends sometimes uh, must uh, come to an end. We'll see. If I don't know if it's sometimes. good betting logic, but um, <laughs> shoot shot. That's all right. You're going against the flow and you're going against the grain with that one. Uh, that's for sure. As far as props in this game, look, Dobson's been one of their catalysts from blue line offensively. Uh, you know, there's always good looks as far as props with him for Calgary. I would stick to Connor Zary. Uh, you know, he's been good uh, with this team. Uh, no doubt. Second line. They keep giving him opportunities. Mangiapani and Dubé have moved up to the top line. So there's probably some value. And I'll throw one out there, too, because he's made a nice impact. He's on the second line now. Anything is Pospisil with Martin. Martin Pospisil for the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, he's actually been pretty noticeable since he's been up with the team and done a nice job. So might be some prop value for him as well uh, in this game tonight for Calgary. All right. We have uh, ourselves four games left. Columbus, Washington, Washington minus 155 home favorite six and a half the total in this game. Uh, here's another team where there's all kinds of issues. There's they, they stink on the ice right now, the Columbus blue jackets. And for the second time this year, Johnny Gaudreau is um, benched in the third period of a game. Second time in a month that Pascal Vincent has decided to bench Johnny Gaudreau in a one-month span, and he also did it to Patrick Lyon in that last game against Arizona uh, as well. And now you got the talking heads on TSN doing the panel discussion. Is Johnny Gaudreau still an elite hockey player uh, at this point? And you gotta, you got to question it right now. Like, this guy has got a big contract. He was expected to be the face of this franchise. He was expected to be there. Austin Matthews. Connor McDavid, not to that level, but, you know, their offensive catalyst, the guy that was going to lead the way for them and put up these big numbers, 40-goal seasons, 50-goal seasons, 80, 90 points. That's what the expectation was for Johnny Hockey when he signed in Columbus. But now look at what he's got this year. He has six measly points, one goal and five assists this year for Johnny Gaudreau uh, in how many games? 17. I mean, at minus seven plus minus rating, um, it's it's stunning how much he is struggling right now. Uh, he's struggling with his confidence. Uh, he doesn't have much of it right now. Uh, it's just been a dreadful season for him and his uh, sidekick there, uh, freaking frack, I like to call them. Patrick Lyonet hasn't been much better uh, as of uh, late. Now, he's had injury issues galore, so you cut him maybe a little bit more slack, but I mean, these two guys, they need a lot more from them. He's done this tactic before, Pascal Vincent, benching Gaudreau in particular, and Gaudreau came back and did nothing, essentially, the next game after he was benched in the third period. So that is uh, all kinds of issues that I have right now as far as uh, Gaudreau. I you know, trusted him once maybe to bounce back. I bet his props that night. I remember it, the, the game after he got benched in the third period, and he didn't do anything. You know, So I'm not falling for that act again. He's going to have to show it to me that he's ready to bounce back and play well after getting his ass stapled to the bench 
riding the pine Paul Bissonette style with that. Still think of that funny clip from TNT a few weeks ago. That was that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Charlie Lindgren in net once again for Washington. Look, he's played well. Played extremely well in the win against Vegas uh, the other night for the uh, Capitals. Elvis Merzlikens in net for uh, Columbus in this game. I mean, Lindgren's given up just three goals in his last three starts combined. One goal to Columbus. They won that game a few weeks ago. He beat Columbus 2-1. to one. Lindgren uh, only gave up two goals to New Jersey in a 4-2 win. And the shutout against Vegas, 3-1-1 and one, uh, on the season. 1.76 goals against and a 947 save percentage for Charlie Lindgren as well. Uh, very, very impressive numbers. Um, again, this is probably, I don't want any part of Columbus, but Washington, as much as they're playing well, no, not for me at minus 155. So probably a game I'm going to end up staying off uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, I was looking at maybe uh, over six and a half here, but there are some injuries, including Kuznetsov, by the way, for the uh, Washington Capitals. And I respect the way Lindgren's playing, so I probably won't bet that either. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Columbus, Washington. Yeah, the big card, I've already got quite a few plays. This is a definite pass for me. Like I said, I can't lay a price with Washington, and I don't trust them in regulation. If I had to play something, it might be, even be leaning toward the draw. I saw some people in chat liking that as well. So this is what I'm going to be staying off of. All right, Kyle, how about you? Jackets, Capitals. Yeah, no, it's uh, with the Capitals line. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I kind of like the under. Um, Charlie Lilligren played with him in Laval once upon a time. So he's my boy. I know when he finds, when he gets um, hot, he's hot. And so I like that. I, I And then, I don't know, Columbus has just been struggling. Are they going to put up enough points? I don't know. I, I doubt it. So unless Washington's throwing up five, six points or goals here. Um, I like the under. That's right. You had a stint with Laval Rocket. That's right. And Lindgren was in the organization at the time. Yep. Good stuff. How how good was he at that time? Because to, to me, I'm looking at some of these starts lately from him, and he's just he's as good as I've ever seen him play. Goalies are weird, right? Where they I feel like they don't really break into the league until they're maybe mid to later twenties. And so he was super young. Um, that said, he he was a stud, he was getting a little bit of time. I remember Price was out, um, and so he would get called up and was playing in a handful of games back then. Now, Montreal just wasn't that great of a team. Uh, so he was sort of let out to dry a little bit. But um, I don't know. He, he was always solid, tough to score on in practice, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that's it's always been the thing with, with Lindgren. I, I've always noticed that. It seemed like his AHL numbers, you know, wherever he had been, you know, the reason he even got that big boost and, and has been in the NHL the last couple of years was when he had that uh, playoff run. I want to say it was with Springfield. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so he's always had the great numbers down there and they just haven't translated either. Like you said, it's either team or he just doesn't get the opportunity. So maybe this might be his time now, kind of like Phoenix Copley did last year with the Kings. Maybe he can kind of, you know, turn this into where he, you know, gets a, an extension and, and gets some real serious NHL time. It's a, a look longer than just this year. Yep. Very possible. Uh, that's I think. And look, look what Phoenix Copley did. He turned a great, great run that he had with the LA Kings last year into staying with them permanently. Now he's had a tough year this year, but last year's performance got him to this point where he's now, you know, got himself an extension with the uh, LA Kings. So maybe Charlie Lindgren's going to. And look, Charlie Lindgren deserves the net right now. He's been yeah. better flat out than Darcy Kemper uh, this season for Absolutely. the Washington Capitals. No question about it. So uh, Spencer Carberry. Uh, is doing the right thing here. 
uh, given uh, Charlie Lindgren all these opportunities. All right, Colorado-Dallas, great game here. Uh, Stars minus 130, home favorites, uh, six the total, shaded to the over. I'm going to have to go back and look, but we know we've seen Colorado. Uh, they're 10-5, and five, obviously, still a good record, 5-3 um, and three on the road, uh, Dallas 11-4. and four. I have to go back and look, though, and see what Colorado has done the few times they have been priced as underdogs. And off the top of my head, I don't think it's been great for them uh, the few times we've seen them uh, in the uh, underdog role uh, this year. Um, and Or have they been? No, they've been favored in every game, it looks like, this year. Last year is what I'm thinking of with Colorado, is that last year when we saw them uh, as underdogs, which didn't happen often, uh, those weren't games they were winning you know, consistently. So keep that in mind here. Uh, you're going to look at it. I think Dallas favored for a reason in this game. I really do believe that. Um, so I kind of like Dallas here, minus 130 in this game. Jake Ottinger uh, has already been confirmed in net. No surprise there whatsoever. I think that's the big thing to watch for in this game too, is that there are still some key injuries for Colorado. Lekkonen is back on IR. Josh Manson, you know, one of their better, you know, stay-at-home defensemen on this Avs team. Uh, upper body injury. Uh, Jared Bednar said he's questionable uh, for this game tonight against uh, Dallas. And, you know, that's someone they'll miss. They have a lot of puck-moving, great skating blue liners. You know, McCarr uh, and Gerard, and it goes without saying how many good ones they have on that back end. Devon Taves. But the one thing that Manson brings this blue line is that grit and that physicality and that defensive prowess in his own end. They're going to miss that a little bit if he doesn't play tonight. So, And then they've got the Georgiev conundrum right now where he hasn't played as well after that really strong. I mean, I remember Alex and I both saying, what a couple of weeks Georgiev was having to start the year. And suddenly he has uh, struggled. His game has really tailed off quite a bit uh, in recent games. So uh, it's definitely a goalie edge for Dallas. You know, I think they're favored for a reason here at home. They've won four in a row. You know, obviously playing a team like Colorado, you know, uh, they will be amped up for it. And, yes, the last time they hosted Colorado, it was last year in March. It was that afternoon game. I think it was an ABC game, and they pummeled at the Avs 7-3 to three, uh, yeah. in that game. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to go with Dallas here, uh, minus 130 in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Avalanche stars. Yeah, big home game. Dick Ottinger going up against uh, Colorado. They know this is a, this is a big-time game, right? Like, like Dallas-Colorado, they understand that they're really the only two teams that are in each other's way as far as the Central is concerned. And uh, I think this is going to be a fun affair. And I, I'm, I'm back in Ottinger. I'm back in Dallas here. I laid a dollar twenty-five, but dollar thirty is still just as fair here. So going with uh, Dallas at home. All right, liking the uh, stars as well. Let's hope we hear a few dun dun Dallas dun, stars dun dun Dallas All the dun, stars. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear that often. Uh, maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll hear it seven times like we did the last time they hosted the abs in this building, but yeah. I, plus Colorado, I still can't get those two duds they had on the road out of my mind in the yeah. East Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and Buffalo back to back duds. They were awful in those two games in Pittsburgh, in Buffalo. Dallas is better than Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. What do you think here, Kyle avalanche stars? You guys sold me on Dallas. Uh, honestly, I wasn't 100% uh, sure what to think of this game. I, I would have thought it would be – it's going to be a close game. Um, but for the reasons you guys mentioned, I'm, I'm in on Dallas. And I like Matt Duchesne 100%. I've been on Matt Duchesne props a lot. He's on this goal-scoring streak. He's settled in. He's comfortable now. Uh, you can tell uh, he's got good chemistry developing with Sagan and Marsh Marchment uh, on that second line. Four <laughs> straight games with a goal for him. 
Uh, Colorado, one of his former teams, his original team, actually, many, many years ago, team that drafted him. I know he was with Ottawa after that, Nashville uh, after that, and now here in Dallas. But Duchesne was the original home for Matt Duchesne. So Matt Duchesne, goal prop, absolutely. Uh, I would look at that. Colorado, Big Val Nachushkin. Big Val is heating up uh, and playing with McKinnon and Rantanen uh, on that top line. Big Val Nachushkin has really started to get that offensive game back on track. Four goals in the last four games, three in the last two games uh, for Big Val. So Big Val Nachushkin and Matt Duchesne, one on either side. You know, my two favorite uh, player props in this game. Maybe a small look to Drouin, too, because he's back up the lineup again with Johansson and uh, Tatar for uh, Colorado. And I don't know why, but I've just got that sneaking suspicion tonight. Wyatt Johnston and Joe Pavelski are both going to make an impact for Dallas. Johnston in the bigger games makes impact. We know Joe Pavelski is a bigger game guy. Playoffs, regular season against better opponents. I find that's when Joe Pavelski does his damage. So there's a couple of looks as well for uh, props in that Colorado-Dallas game. All right, Seattle-Vancouver. Canucks minus 150 home favorites. Uh, six and a half the total shaded to the over in this one. Uh, Seattle, uh, desperately needed win, albeit by the skin of their teeth in an eight-round shootout the other night against the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, but they did find a way to win that game, snap a three-game losing streak. Can they build on it? That ends up being the question. I mean, the long win streaks and stringing wins together hasn't exactly been Seattle's thing uh, in uh, recent games. One and seven, by the way, the Seattle Kraken. One and seven their last eight games after a win. That's not what you want to see. You know, you want to see teams build on it, and they have not done that. One win and seven losses their last eight games following a victory. So you don't like that coming into this game against Vancouver, and I ain't stepping in front of Vancouver off a loss to Calgary where they looked as sluggish as they probably looked all season, although the schedule makers did a disservice to them. It was a brutal scheduling spot. On the road in the East, back home for one damn game against the Islanders, and then you got to play the next night on the road in Calgary? It was ridiculous. Totally ridiculous, that schedule. But now at least they get a couple of days now to catch their breath, you know, finally have some rest. They've played a lot of hockey and a lot of travel uh, in a short period of time. So I expect a good effort from Vancouver. This might be one of those looks tonight where I give Vancouver a minus one slash regulation split look on the Canucks here tonight. Little on the minus one at a plus price, a little bit on Vancouver and regulation here uh, as well. Uh, Alex, Kraken, Canucks. Yeah, I'd probably be looking toward uh, Canucks and regulation too. There's a player prop here that I'm kind of targeting. I'm torn between this game and there's another game as far as uh, bargain bin spots. But I can definitely can see where Vancouver he said, gets uh, back on the, on the right track here in, in Seattle. Like I said, so insanely disappointing for me as someone who, you know, really thought the Seattle team was going to to make a, a big run this year. They just, like I said, haven't been able to follow up their wins and, and string things together. So I don't know if they're going to be able to do that here against Vancouver. I don't doubt that. Mike says in the chat, yeah, a lot of people will like Vancouver. They are probably due for a, 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 a losing streak or some yeah, kind of. Yeah, in due time, they will no be. No doubt. Maybe if they lose tonight and then then I might, you know, let's sit back and let's see if Vancouver maybe has that first speed bump, that first bump in the road they've had all year. But uh, they haven't gone much longer than one one or two game losing streaks this year. So they've been a very good bounce back team. And Seattle just hasn't strung wins together. So for tonight, I'm going to come back to Vancouver. But that's a that's a fair point, you know, that regression at some point, probably is going to hit this Canucks team. Hopefully just not tonight. What do you think here, Kyle? Seattle, Vancouver. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I Saturday night, big game, too. Obviously, I don't know if you'd call it a rivalry, but Seattle just being over the border there. Oh, it is, um, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, wait till they're both excellent teams at yes. the same time. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't I don't foresee it being tonight um, where they stumble, and so I, I like the Vancouver in regulation. Yeah, and again, you'll get that at a plus price. You can go a bunch of different uh, directions here for props in this game. Seattle, you know, for, for the most part, I'd want to stick with McCann, with Eberle and Schwartz. And, and even Wenberg started to get going a little bit the last couple of games. And for Vancouver, I mean, take your pick. JT Miller can't go wrong with that. Brock Besser can't go wrong with that. Mikheyev can't go wrong with that. Pedersen can't go wrong with that. And Connor Garland's up on the top line tonight. Rick Tockett's always liked Connor Garland. Had him in Arizona, uh, and it was an integral part of that team when Tockett coached there years ago. Uh, and here's Connor Garland on the top line tonight playing with Pedersen and Mikheyev yeah. for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So uh, there's your value. If you buy into that, we've got a guy moving up to the top. It's kind of like Connor Brown with Edmonton. He's moving up to the top line today with McDavid and with Nugent Hopkins. Same thing with Garland here on the top line tonight for the Vancouver Canucks, probably some decent value there uh, as far as his uh, props are concerned. Uh, all right, we go to St. Louis and Los Angeles for the final game of this massive Saturday card. Uh, actually, that's not bad. We're just under 90 minutes to get through this card because it is a, a whopper uh, of a huge slate. Uh, we've got uh, L.A. minus 200 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, your guess is as good as mine what Blues team shows up. Blues team that, you know, took care of business and dismantled Tampa Bay at home early in the week, or the team that got absolutely, utterly embarrassed by the San Jose Sharks, the worst team in the NHL the other night. I mean, good luck trying to figure that one out. Good luck trying to sort that one out. I really want no part of it. I got my L.A. win the other night against Florida. I thought it was a good time to buy low on them. The home losses that they had and they, for some reason they had, they've been, they had been struggling to win at home. I said, this team's too good to keep losing at home. They're eventually going to start winning some hockey games at crypto arena. I hate that name, by the way, crypto arena it's the stupidest name going right now for an arena okay. uh, that is, but uh, nevertheless, it fits for LA though. LA has got a lot of weird things and people in it. So yeah, it definitely it makes sense that that's the, the arena name there. Uh, but definitely when you look at uh, the, the Kings here, uh, you know, minus 200 in this price range. I'm not rushing to bet them. I want no part of St. Louis because I do think the Kings are going to start winning some home games here. That was a great performance defensively, shutting down the Panthers, uh, an L.A. team that, you know, is getting back to their roots. and Cam Ta uh, Defensive hockey and Cam Talbot's been really good uh, of late for this uh, Kings team. So uh, for me, not much on this game, at least as far as side and total are concerned. Uh, Kings probably win. I just don't like uh, the price enough to bet them in any form. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Blues, Kings? Yeah, I might have the circle for a live over, try to wait for like a five and a half. We might even be able to get five and a half and plus money and uh, and cash this. I would like to think that St. Louis would at least come out with some kind of fight. It's one of two things, right? Either they come out blazing and we get a good effort and they can, you know, keep pace and we see a, a good competitive game or, or we see a, another egg laid and LA could easily make this even uglier than, than a San Jose team if, if they're interested. So uh, I think live over is the way to look at this. Like I said, just kind of look, watch and, and see what the pace of St. Louis would be the first five, six minutes of the game. 
good live opportunity potentially in this game, depending on how it's. I probably would bet LA live if by chance St. Louis gets the first goal. Uh, I would probably be interested in them in a live bet, but not def- definitely not at minus 200. But again, that, that Blues team, I mean, that is astonishing how bad they were against San Jose. I mean, they got run out of that arena by the San fucking mm-hmm. Jose Sharks. Unreal. That bad Unreal. they were in that game. Atrocious. Uh, what do you think here? Uh, by the way, this is uh, Kyle Bond. This is not the LA Kings. This is Kyle Bond's old friends that are on this team. And Trevor Moore, uh, there's a few of them from his, uh, his time with the Leafs organization, with the Marlies uh, in particular. There's a few people you know on this uh, Kings team. What do you think about them tonight against St. Louis? I mean, I, I think you said it well um, in terms of them. The, the line just doesn't make sense to bet on, and especially with St. Louis just being such a wild card. So I, I do like the Kings play live, um, assuming it's a good game and maybe St. Louis goes up early for some reason and uh, the line becomes a little bit more favorable, then jump on that. Um, but, yeah, I pro- probably staying away um, just given the line. And I, I do think the Kings will ultimately win, but nothing – Good enough to bet on. Um, do you have a bad experience in the crypto markets, Ian? <laughs> uh, I've had some. Uh, I've had very few experiences uh, in the uh, crypto markets. Not much at all. I've dabbled in it a long time ago, and I can't say it went well. So I'm like, lesson learned sure. early on. Yeah, exactly. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm much better at this market, sports betting, than I am uh, crypto. So I learned that very, very quickly. Uh, no question uh, about that. So. Yeah, as far as props for, uh, you know, St. Louis, I still, you know, Robert Thomas keeps on being one of their better players. So he'd be the one player I'd look at for props for St. Louis. Uh, L.A., Byfield, you know, uh, Fiala and Moore on the second line, maybe. Kaliev uh, and Grunstrom, uh, Carl Grunstrom, actually, for L.A. It's very interesting. He scored two goals in the last three games. I know he's only playing on the fourth line with uh, Blake Lazotte and Trevor Lewis, but that's that's value for a guy that's feeling it. You know, he's got some confidence uh, finishing chances right now. And that's Carl Grundstrom uh, for the um, uh, for the um, L.A. Kings. I remember Todd Crocker, the voice of the Marlies. He came up with that line, witness the power of Grundstrom. I don't know where he found it from, but it stuck with me the whole time. And he's got some power right now. Uh, Carl Grundstrom, for sure, uh, at the moment. And he is uh, doing a nice job for the Kings. Two goals in the last three games. So maybe some prop value there with him at the moment. All right. Great stuff. A huge, huge Saturday card. Uh, we appreciate everyone in the chat joining us. Uh, hit the like button. If you haven't done so already, make sure you check out the ice guys family plan, nine 99 us per month, our daily betting card player props, Alex's live wagers, uh, bonus content. We're going to have our special, special, uh, impromptu live betcast. It's this week. We're not telling you what the day is or the time is. We're just going to drop it on your heads and it'll be there live betcast, and we'll be on for a couple hours one day this week. So uh, make sure you check that out for our exclusive family plan members and Patreon page members. Make sure you check that out. Also check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Uh, today and tomorrow, last two days, to save 20% off of everything in the store. So we got caps, we got shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got mugs. We've got some Christmas stuff in there as well. So check that out right now. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. There you go. Check it out. Do some Christmas shopping there uh, at the uh, Ice Guys store. No question about that. Uh, Before we get into bargain bin special of the night and best bets to wrap up the show, football, Kyle, I know you're into football, uh, NFL. Is there one game that stands out to you in NFL? I'll give you the floor. Oh, you're throwing me on the spot here. I haven't even looked if I'm being full full transparency. (laughs) 
Let me let me take a quick look. Um, ooh, I like the Steelers Browns game. Yeah, Steelers and Browns. I mean, everyone's betting Pittsburgh because there's no Deshaun Watson. I'm not so sure about that. I, I like DTR in that. Honestly, I already grabbed one. I think he's going to be more comfortable because he's got a full week of practice and he knows way in advance that he's the starter. I think that's yeah. going to help him, unlike the last time he played. I agree. So <clears throat> this might sound wild, but Bills, Jets, Bills with the line, minus seven. Um, I think it's a bill spot. I truly believe that. I think everyone's like throwing them in the garbage can. Yeah. We'll have to remember this is the Jets on the road with Zach fucking Wilson. The Bills are gonna come out and make a statement here. I mean they have to. Um if they don't wanna be the laughing stock of the AFC East. So yeah. I, I like that. Rich H, great cup. I'll throw that out there, too. Uh, I was going to save it for tomorrow, but I'll, in case I forget tomorrow, I'll say it now. Montreal Alouettes. Alouette Jante. Alouette. Alouette Jante. Plumeray. There we go. That's my little uh, rendition there. Montreal Alouettes plus eight and a half against Winnipeg. I think at the very least that is a, a competitive game. Did Owen Tippett score for the Flyers just now? Did he really? Wow. Uh, fantastic. Because I don't have that game on. I've got the Minnesota-Ottawa game and some college football on my screens in front of me. And they're going to overtime, by the way, uh, in Sweden with the Wild and the uh, Senators. 1-1. One, one. How about that? Uh, a tight battle between the uh, Wild and Losing the Losing coach gets fired. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Owen Tippett. That was the that was the clear-cut choice for me for flyer goal props. So happy to see that Owen Tippett got that first uh, Philadelphia goal. Good stuff. All right, bargain bin special of the night. Uh, if you don't have any, if you don't have any, Kyle, for this, this is when uh, we uh, pick a plus three hundred or better goal scorer prop that we think has got a great value on this card. I'm going to go to Edmonton and Connor Brown. I mean, you've got him with McDavid. You've got obviously the Oilers starting to pick it up again a little bit offensively. Four goals in three straight games. He's back from injury. He played with McDavid in junior in the OHL with the Erie Otters. Connor Brown. And you can get plus 475 at bet 99 for him to score a goal. Now, that is big time going to the bargain bin. We're going for a huge bargain bin special with this one. 99-cent stake type of value uh, with this uh, prop bet on Connor Brown. Plus 475 uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. That'll be my bargain bin special of the night. Alex, what do you got? You know, let's just hope it doesn't taste like a 99 cent steak. But uh, I'm going with the, the Vancouver game, uh, Seattle night. I'm going with Connor Garland. You mentioned about him, you know, moving up to the top line, but also, you know, he's still in the power play unit as well. I think that's going to kind of incline him to shoot the puck a little bit more. I'm taking a shot of him to get a power play point plus 575. I think that's some good value there. So, like uh, Connor Garland, power play point plus 575 for Vancouver tonight. It's my bargain special. All right, there you go. Kyle, I, I won't ask you. I won't put you on the spot with this one because, you, you know, I'm sure you're not quite aware what the plus 300 or better goal props are. Uh, although, is there one name that you've got in mind? And I could at least check to see if it is a plus 300 or better. So uh, you threw out Mason Marshman, Tyler Sagan, and uh, Duchesne, second line in Dallas, yep. all Toronto line. My boy, Mason Marshman. Um, I don't, it says he's plus 600 or 1600 for a goal, but I don't know if you can throw in a point. Does that qualify? Oh, no, he's not, he wouldn't be plus 1600, but he'd definitely be more than enough to fit the criteria of plus yeah. 300 or better, plus 440 at FanDuel for uh Mason Marchman. Yeah, right. throw me, throw me that one. Oh, that was first score. 
There you yeah, go. That's, that's what we got. Yeah, that's no, kind of what I thought. Right, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Mason, Mason Marchman. Dallas. He shows up in big games. Okay. All right. There we go. That's and that's true. And he's hard. You know what I love about Mason is his offensive games come such a long way. And again, he was with the Marlies too, like you were uh, years ago in the Leaf organization. His offensive games come a long way. Obviously, losing his dad Brian is heartbreaking. He's battled through that. He is plays a complete game. He's got that edge to him as well. Physicality. He'll drop the chuck the knucks. He'll drop the gloves. Uh, you know, uh, every now and then. Uh, and uh, that I think I like his game overall is really good. Plays a physical brand, goes to the areas of the ice you need to uh, to score goals uh, in the NHL. So yeah, he's been he's really developed. Started in Florida and it's continued uh, here in Dallas. How he's developed as a legitimately strong, solid NHL player, reliable NHL player, and a productive one. So Mason Marchment for Kyle Bond plus four forty uh, for his bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap it up. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to go with that Islanders-Calgary first period over. Uh, laying just $1.25 has been a great track record. Four straight uh, meetings going over the well over the first period, a uh, total of one and a half, and it's been a great run, six in a row uh, for the Isles in the first period over. So New York-Calgary, this might be Lane Lambert's last game in Long Island, with Long Island, I should say. Uh, Flames and Isles, first period over is my best bet for Saturday. I Islanders and Flames over one and a half first period for Alex. There we go. I just the cameras uh, just got screwed up there. I'm telling you, I'm having struggling today here. I'm getting marquees wrong. I'm switching the uh, the camera to the wrong person at the wrong time. That's what happens when it's you're okay. partying. Like okay. Two a.m. Yeah. yesterday at a great cup festival. That's what that's that's <laughs> what happens. All right, Kyle, the floor is yours. Best bet. What do you like? I'm gonna go with the local bees. Um, Take the take them in regulation minus one and a half. Um, like we talked about, they beat Montreal at home by a margin of two or greater over the last four or five games. So that's that's got to go with the home home favorites. There you go, Boston Bruins keeping it local uh, minus one and a half minus one ten on the uh, puck line for uh, Kyle Bond with his best bet. I wanted to see the comment in the chat because someone wanted to mention your picture in the background. They liked it. Uh, someone mentioned that a while. I missed that. Yeah. Someone's also asking what's in your mug. <laughs> oh, me? It, yeah, I was going to say it's not booze. It's not, I swear. <laughs> See if we can really get a good, there it is, coffee. It's there. There we go, coffee. There we go, coffee. Yeah, but my name is uh, blocking it. But yeah, it's coffee. It's very cold, muddy coffee now because that's two hours ago is when I poured it. But uh, nevertheless, it is coffee. Uh, and uh, yeah, I need more of it too because uh, you're right. I've made some... Uh, uh, errors on the show today. You know, if, if they were grading me on performance as far as hosting and getting things right and saying the right thing, yeah, I'm basically I'm, I'm, I've got I've got my C minus game like the Buffalo Sabers last night. Alan much. Alan Trimble in the chat, totally right. You should have just had a hair of the dog get a shot before you started. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would have that would have definitely got snapped me to attention uh, a lot better. No question about that. All right, best bet for me. Uh, for this uh, Saturday card, uh, I'm going to roll with this. Um, uh, let me just see here. I'm going to take Dallas minus 130. I like Dallas. I just think they're favored for a reason. Uh, they play, they're playing well right now. I don't like the Colorado basically got beaten up twice on the road by Pittsburgh and Buffalo earlier this season. They've been a little spotty on the road, Colorado this year. I like Dallas at this short number. Dallas Stars minus 130 uh, against the Colorado Avalanche for my best bet. 
All right. Great stuff. That's another edition of the show. Kyle, any last words from you before we wrap it up? Thanks again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. I know it's tough. Uh, I, I play in a men's league that sort of overlaps, but we had a buy this week. So look forward to coming back on. Um, good luck with everyone, their bets. Okay. So, so far with the men's league, we do have to ask, is your record closer to the Vancouver Canucks record or closer to the San Jose Sharks record? It would be be much closer to the San Jose Sharks, but we're, uh, we got everyone where they want them. Um, we're on the up and up. To be honest though, if Kyle's uh, men's league rec team took the ice against San Jose, it's a pick them. It's a pick them. Yeah. <laughs> right. pick yeah. They'd have a good chance. They really would. Uh, great stuff. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us in the chat at the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, for Kyle Bond, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.